0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Another beautiful day. I hope it is where you are. Now we can all see each other smiling and smell our bad breaths together on a plane somewhere across America, all American Airlines. Now, in fact, it happened in in midair for some flights. Yesterday, uh, pilots making announcements that a federal judge in Florida had gotten rid of the federal mask mandate, and so masks were now optional. Uh, Alaska Airlines was the first, I believe Delta was the last, uh, United and, and the other, an American in between, but they've all now made masks. if you want to wear your mask, wear your mask. I recommend you wear an N95 mask. Wearing cloth masks won't, uh, help you. Now, interestingly enough, I, I want to juxtapose this before I do that though. I, I, I gotta say something. I won't use names uh, we are losing the member of the team. Uh, I, I consider him a member of the team. Uh, chief encourager, I, I would say, would be his title. Uh, and I am uh, kind of upset about this one. So I, I, I have a boss. Believe it or not, I have a boss. Interestingly enough, uh, I have never. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, we, we, I won't, I won't comment on that. But I, I had a boss. And I thought my boss was terrific, greatest guy I had ever worked for, and and he decided to retire and I was not happy about that. Uh, I have a lot of clout in this company uh, that that, uh, produces my my local daily show in Atlanta. Uh, I have been referred to as people's 401k in the past. I try not to throw my weight around, Uh, that does me no good. One day I would actually realize I don't have as much as people tell me I do, but nonetheless, I had a wonderful boss. And he left, I was very upset. And they brought in a new guy. And I tremendously like the new guy. Tremendously. Uh, I could sit in his office and bother him all day and just, just chatting. Uh, he's just the nicest, nicest, decent human being and probably the world's greatest motivator and encourager. Uh, and he is departing. And I am not happy about it. Nothing I can do about it. Yet again, uh, I, I, so I worked for a company for a while, and that company, uh, my boss was always a good boss. And unfortunately, uh, my boss kept leaving. I, I started it, it was one guy and that guy left. And then they brought in another guy and that guy left. And then they brought in another guy and that guy left. And then they brought, in another, guy guy left, then they brought in another guy and that guy left. And I was very mindful of the fact that the boss, his major job was running interference between me and the CEO, uh, in large part because I ran the only profitable division of the company. And they couldn't tell me what to do. And they were very mindful of the fact that if I left, the whole thing would go belly up. And so I could kind of ignore the CEO of the company who was kind of an odd, very nice guy, but kind of an odd duck. I I could largely ignore him. And it was my boss's job to run interference between me and that guy. Uh, And most of the time it was refusing to tell me things that the CEO of the company had ordered that my boss tell me. And I just became convinced that uh, the whole reason I kept getting new bosses was because I was burning them out or they were being burned out by having to run interference between me and the CEO. I- I'm starting to get that feeling here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a high maintenance person. People seem to think that I am. Uh, you, 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 But there are layers and layers like an onion. Uh, but my boss uh, has been fantastic and chief encourager. I value his opinion and his friendship greatly, and I hate that he is leaving. Uh, and I'm starting the show this way, uh, whether you like it or not, and he would be absolutely appalled that I am. But I need to because I need him to know that. And now I will move on. There is a story in the New York Times, and I want to juxtapose two stories, and I want to spend more time on this one later, I think. I want to read you the headline of a story of the New York Times effort to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from ballot can proceed, judge says. The case that Ms. Greene unsuccessfully sought to have dismissed mirrors efforts against other Republicans centered on the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. This is a New York Times story. A federal judge cleared the way on Monday for a group of Georgia voters to move forward with legal efforts seeking to disqualify Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from running, the disqualification effort is based on a constitutional provision adopted after the Civil War that barred members of the Confederacy from holding office. It mirrors several other cases involving Republican members of Congress whose roles leading up to and during the deadly riots have drawn intense criticism. The judge, Amy Totenberg, who was appointed by to the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia by President Barack Obama, denied Ms. Greene. Green's request for a preliminary injunction and temporary restraining order in the high-profile legal feud. In the 73-page ruling, Judge Totenberg wrote that Ms. Green had failed to meet the burden of persuasion in her request for injunctive relief, which she called an extraordinary and drastic remedy. James Bopp Jr., a lawyer for Ms. Green, said on Monday night the ruling was flawed and minimized the adverse effects. Um, I I will tell you this, it actually is a deeply flawed opinion. Uh, the problem here is the 14th Amendment. And let me read you the 14th Amendment. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president or vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or any executive or judicial officer of the state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But the Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. there are several things here that we need to note. One, some of you, myself included, do not care for Marjorie Taylor Greene. There is a, an opponent to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jennifer Strahan. I hope she wins the primary. But if you are celebrating this case, you are more an insurrectionist against the Constitutional Republic than Marjorie Taylor Greene is. If you believe this case is warranted in any way, shape, or form, you are more an affront to our democracy and our republic than you think Marjorie Taylor Greene is. And you may not like me saying that, but you are. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has very clear legal basis and precedent, and it involves actual Confederate insurrectionists against the United States. It does not involve people who were in no way, shape, or form storming Congress or opening the doors, and and she didn't do any of that. This has nothing to do with anything remotely like January 6th. In fact, you will note that the individuals— who have been charged overwhelmingly with the exception of, I think, one or two, have not even been charged with sedition, let alone insurrection. None of them are charged with insurrection. You should be horrified that a federal judge would block an existing member of Congress from being on the ballot based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And there's something else here. Yesterday a federal judge in Florida ruled that the mask mandate was unconstitutional. The New York Times immediately pounced on the fact that this was a Trump-appointed judge who was only 35 years old. If you read the opinion, the opinion is actually more substantive than Judge Totenberg's opinion. Uh, Judge Totenberg, you need to know, and this is the third point here, is the sister of Nina Totenberg. Nina Totenberg is the progressive reporter of National Public Radio who for decades has been a useful source of disinformation for the propagandistic left against the Supreme Court. Nina Totenberg is a ruthless progressive reporter for NPR who has no shame in lying or uh, misinforming people about what goes on in the United States Supreme Court and misrepresenting, distorting, lying about the positions of conservatives. She is a willful partisan. Her sister, Amy Totenberg, clearly is not much better. Amy Totenberg has been the judge in the Northern District of Georgia that progressive groups try to get their cases in front of, uh, Stacey Abrams included, because they know that Judge Amy Totenberg will be sympathetic to them because she is a progressive activist. The very same media that wanted to smear the judge in Florida for the mask mandate refused to note anything about Judge Amy Totenberg and her willful habit of providing progressive activists a path forward with cases and then steering those cases in such a way to drag them out so that they cannot appeal This is as if you think the uh, case yesterday was partisan, this is more partisan. The larger issue here is you have progressive activists trying to use this provision of the Constitution to block Republican members of Congress in punishment for what they see as sympathies to those who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. There's no legal basis for this. The actual plain text reading of the Section 3 of the, of the Constitution doesn't allow it. No person shall be a senator or member of Congress who shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Now, you listen to me, listen to me, particularly if you're progressive. Amy Totenberg, if you're listening, let me educate you about the Constitution you're sworn to uphold. That particular phrase, aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, you need actual declared enemies. The Confederates were actual declared enemies. The people who stormed the Capitol were American citizens. They were not enemies thereof. In fact, none of them, none of them have been charged with insurrection or treason. None of them have gone to war against the United States. This section clearly does not apply unless you take a willful progressive point of view on it. Marjorie Taylor Greene did not engage in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. You can dislike Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I do, but you cannot justify removing her from Congress under this provision of the Constitution, the history of which and the language of which clearly shows it was only meant to apply to the Confederates after the Civil War. And if it were to apply to what happened to Congress on January 6th, would have to have those individuals convicted of treason before you could apply it. None of them are even charged with treason, let alone insurrection against the United States. This section does not apply. And if you are a progressive who thinks this is a good thing, you have no basis whatsoever to say anything about anything conservatives do in the future because you are willfully reading your hatred into the Constitution. If you think this is justified because you don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you are reading your hatred into the Constitution, and the Constitution doesn't give a damn about your emotions. I don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. There is a person who is running against her in the primary named Jennifer Strahan. If I lived in that district, I would vote for her. She is as right-wing as Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she's not a nut job. Marjorie Taylor Green should be defeated at the ballot. This doesn't do it. And I just find it notable. I find it actually very important that you note that all of the progressives and all of the reporters who are smearing the judge yesterday as just being a Trump acolyte, doing what conservatives would do for Trump, refuse to say the same thing about Amy Totenberg, who's trying to exclude this. By the way, There have been a series of these cases. Almost all of them have been thrown out by federal judges. This is one of the unique ones. If there's a path forward to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals as quickly as possible, Marjorie Taylor Greene should take it. And if you are a progressive, again, you may think this is a good thing, but if you do, you are doing more damage to the Constitution of the United States than the people who went into the Capitol on January 6th. If you justify what this judge is doing, you are no better than the people who stormed the Capitol and a good bit worse because you're actually trying to block a legitimate lawful member of Congress from running for re-election just because you don't like her. So this is a weird one, and I would like to think that there's more to the story, but uh, by all accounts, there is nothing more to the story. Pay attention to this. This is kind of important here. Helena Kirshner began taking testosterone at the age of 18. She was lured into the realm of trans ideology and believing that she was not female. After delving into online fan fiction communities, she spoke to Tucker Carlson. And when a clip of her interview was posted to YouTube, it was taken down for violating YouTube's policy on spam and deceptive practices and scams. The video showed a segment of a longer interview Kirshner gave to Carlson about her transition and detransition, which led her down the realm of gender ideology exploration and questioning, how she found her way out, and how her views have evolved. Essentially, uh, this lady, Helena Kirshner, Transitioned to being male and then detransitioned back to being female. She transitioned to being male after encountering um, if fan fiction websites that explored uh, gender transitions and then realized she had made a terrible mistake and detransitioned back to being a woman and sought a therapist. YouTube has taken the video down. YouTube has taken the video down. YouTube has determined that it is a violation of their terms of service to do this. Twitter, likewise, is increasingly doing this. Uh, you're, you're allowed to find content about transitioning but not detransitioning. There is actually a movement in the United Kingdom that does not have a First Amendment uh, to make it libelous to even talk about detransitioning, people reversing back. Uh, There is a segment of the UK population uh, of a small segment of people who detransitioned, and they've been trying to raise awareness that they feel like they were uh, bullied or lured into transitioning and they want people to know that you probably should wait until you're about 21 years old to get your body fully changed and your brain adjusted to being an adult before you do it and they're being censored. There really just does seem to be some sort of Cult out there on this, pushing people in that direction. I we're going to hear some tragic stories, I'm afraid, over the next couple of years. Uh, being compassionate uh, on both sides is is probably the way to go. And I don't know. I'm I'm increasingly noting how, I mean, even people who I I consider pr- pretty devout in their faith are, um, becoming really really angry. Uh, it, it, who cares about this love your neighbor stuff? It's a sign of weakness. I saw a a radio to- radio show talk show host the other day who said that uh, Christianity, American Christianity, said uh, is making people weak, uh, believing all that love that neighbor and love your neighbor and turn the uh, turn the other cheek stuff. I gotta tell you, that's not American Christianity. But people are getting angry. And it doesn't help when so many dominant uh, cultural institutions and corporate institutions are taking one side and censoring the other side. It, it, it builds up resentment. We're seeing this down in Florida. We're going to talk about this later. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis has called the legislature back into session to redo redistricting, but also to end the Reedy Creek District. The Reedy Creek District was set up in the 50s at Walt Disney's request to allow Disney some autonomy of 36 square miles to build Disney World and keep it going. And now the Florida legislature is going to consider getting rid of it because Disney decided to go woke. And this will be their payback. Can't really blame them. Oh, it appears CNN Plus is doomed. Uh this is just hitting the wires from Axios they've laid off the CFO of CNN Plus It just never sounded like a good idea um we're going to give you extra Don Lemon I mean the the Don Lemon we had was quite enough thank you very much um I I don't I don't I never saw a a need for you know, you know so I I've, I've said this before Again, this is just hitting the wires. Uh, In CNN, uh, their executives say this is from Axios. Let me just read you part of this. Inside CNN, executives think the launch of CNN Plus has been successful. Discovery executives disagree. CNN Plus has roughly 150,000 subscribers so far. Warner Brothers Discovery wants to eventually build one giant service around HBO Max. New leadership has replaced CNN CFO Brad Ferrer with Neil Chigani, Discovery's current CFO for streaming and international as part of a broad finance team restructuring other high-profile positions at Warner Media across different business functions are likely to be eliminated. Sources say a plan is being considered to replace Chris Cuomo's 9 p.m. Eastern primetime slot with a live newscast instead of personality-driven perspective programming. Executives are frustrated That new leadership is moving quickly to dismantle what they see as an eventual lifeline for the cable network. Y'all, CNN's original plan for CNN Plus was to become profitable in four years by investing a billion dollars into the service. That explains everything that's wrong with CNN and Jeff Zucker's reign, that they thought they could do this. Who wants to pay five extra bucks to get CNN Plus where you really don't get news, you get personality-driven stuff? Nobody. If I were king for a day at Discovery, which now owns CNN and and Warner, I would partner with someone like Apple. A uh, company like Apple that has a not only a mass array of iPhones around the world and iPads and laptops, but also Apple consumers tend to be consumers more likely to spend on big ticket items. And I wouldn't go after them for that. Uh, it would just be the advertisers would want them. And I would design a service around the Apple platform, Apple TV Plus, streaming, what have you, where it becomes your immediately available. Tell me what's happening in the news. Hey, dingus, give me the latest news headlines. And it would be like a headline news service, like CNN has HLN like it used to be. And it would immediately pop up. And here is the the immediate latest 30-minute segment of that show to give you all of the headlines you need to be the smartest member of your community. And you could keep that on. It would be updated throughout the day. It could be your one-stop shop for push alerts for all of the big news. You could get rid of all the other push stuff. I would roll it into Apple News and make it the, the video playing streaming service. Apple's now got Major League Baseball on Friday night. They could have CNN Plus as part of Apple TV Plus. Uh, and you say, hey, dingus, give me the headlines or, hey, dingus, I need to know the news. And boom, there it is. Hey, dingus, give me the latest on Ukraine. So, Ukraine. Suddenly there's the latest CNN story about Ukraine. Do something like that. Make it an international uh, available platform via a platform like Apple or, or Android for that matter. Although Apple would be easier because of updates and the like. Uh, if you do that, it totally segments... Uh, CNN apart it also provides value add to Apple Uh, I think there would be to look if I could get the straight news not the bias not the Don Lemons of the world if I could just get give me a news anchor to give me the top headlines what are the big stories internationally not American politics the big stories around the world what are they what are the big stories in the United States If I could do that, you work with Apple or something like that, deliver that, that'd be great. And then you segment out those individual clips. So give me the latest on Ukraine, dingus. And suddenly here is the update on Ukraine. Give me the latest on budget negotiations in Washington. Here's the latest clip available from CNN on this, and it plays you the video on your phone, your iPad, or your computer. Gives you up to date, shows you all the graphics you need, and there you go. And then push out and the latest on inflation, latest on Ukraine, all the breaking news. That seems to me to be to make more sense more sense for a cable news network than a uh, hey, I want to watch Don Lemon with his favorite progressives talk about how bad everybody else is that's just me though we'll see what they wind up doing now i got to move back into the mask situation because I, I have a thought and it ties in yesterday yesterday i was talking about one of the one of the, the things that that we are in in the united states is we've moved from rugged individualism to almost a, a rancid individuality, where we, we used to have a situation in this country where you and I in the free marketplace exchange of ideas, we would compete with each other in arms length transactions to do you the best for your family and me the best for my family. And ultimately through the free market, we would wind up at a fair value point for what was good for my family, what was good for your family. And it went into ideas as well. We could compete in the the, the, uh, town square of ideas and the best idea would win. The most persuasive person would win. And we've moved away from rugged individualism as government power and government safety net has expanded. And we are now at a point of rancid, what I would call rancid individuality. It's no longer individualism, it's individuality. Uh, As we have become tribal, as we have become, you know, everybody thinks that they are uh, a unique individual when, in fact, everyone to some degree plays a part in their tribe. Everybody can be stereotyped to a degree. There's a reason all the hipsters out there with their skinny jeans that, that show their ankle, their handlebar mustaches, even for the ladies, and their flannel and their uh, organically grown custom roasted coffee and their craft IPA. I mean, we, we stereotype people this way because there's a reason for it because the, people do this. People find their tribe. And become a part of it. And so the way people then distinguish themselves is to embrace their individuality within that tribe. So they stand out as a unique member of that tribe. And increasingly on the left, when people don't find their identity in, in for example, a God or a religion, they embrace their identity. So you can now have your own pronouns. You can, you can carve up your face and body in certain ways to be distinctly an individual. And To make your individuality relevant, everyone else must go along with it. And if they don't, they're the bad person. You are essentially trying to exercise control over other people. This gets to the mask mandate, believe it or not. I have never believed the government was using the COVID protocols to control your life. And I know a lot of you disagree with me on that think it. My position has always been that the government told us all we would fight COVID, beat COVID, end COVID, and get to COVID zero. And the government pridefully could not admit defeat. They couldn't land the plane on the runway. So they had to keep flying the plane until they could find COVID zero. They're never going to get there. And so they've had the slow realization that what we have to do to convince people that the government can do this is security theater. Security theater makes people feel safe. People are in a mass panic about COVID. You make them feel safe, you can go about your business. So we tell people that the vaccine will get rid of COVID, even though it doesn't. Then we tell people after they've gotten the vaccine, you still have to wear masks, even though they don't really work anymore, if they ever did. I think at the beginning they did, but the virus evolved and the masks aren't very good. But they could never admit COVID zero was never going to happen. And finally, they're having to come to terms with it. And in the process, they don't want our lives to go completely back to normal because to go completely back to normal while COVID's still out there, they're still in perpetual fear of COVID. Then you got a whole bunch of people with high anxiety about COVID who can't come to terms. So for the government, it was always about security theater, much like when you go through TSA. You know the number of people who accidentally carry guns and knives through security and don't get caught? There are a lot of people every year. The, the the bombs and the like uh, that the terrorists could bring in, they're probably not going to get caught there. It's security theater. It makes you feel secure, even though it doesn't do as much as you think. It does some. I'm not saying it doesn't do anything. Just like the masks do a little. But it doesn't do everything you think it does. It doesn't make you as secure as you feel. It's security theater. It makes you feel that way. But while I don't think the government itself has been imposing mask mandates to control you. I think individuals in the cult of individuality are using the mask mandate to control other people. Particularly, you've seen this online for two years now, uh, the Karens of the world ambushing people without masks, yelling at them, bullying them, uh, like a brood of vipers or a pack of wolves, harassing people without masks. It allows them to exert power over you, not the government, but these progressive individuals. And see, just like with transgenderism, if you don't accept someone's pronouns or their transition, they sick society on you. Corporations come after you. They censor you on social media. The government bullies you for being a mean person. It's the exact same way with this. They want their individuality embraced, and the only way to embrace their individuality is to force you to do it. They live in perpetual fear of COVID and they want their fear validated. And to have their fear validated, you must share their fear. And if you don't share their fear, you must be bullied into compliance. It's these individuals. They think they know better than you. They think you're a hick or rube, a Christian, a Trump supporter, and they know best for you, and they want their views imposed on you, and they have gotten away with it. And now we're seeing with the end of the mask mandate, they are in rage, rage of Achilles. I mean, these people are furious because they no longer can control you. They want you to still wear the mask. They could wear an N95 mask and be perfectly fine, but they want you to do it too. You don't have to. If they wear an N95 mask and wear it properly, doesn't matter whether you wear a mask or not. They're going to be fine, but they want to control your life. They want to exercise power over you. That's why they're so upset. Now, there's a corollary here as well is I have gotten since yesterday the, well, if you love your neighbor, why won't you take care of them? It is not loving your neighbor to live a lie. Bible says don't lie. The cloth mask that everybody wears, the disposable mask, the Omicron uh, virus transmits on such a fine particle it passes through the mask. People are getting COVID with the masks. It used to be people were getting COVID because they weren't wearing the mask in small group settings, and that's where they were getting it. At this point, the masks, I mean, we've got ample research from the New York Times the Wall Street Journal. The cloth masks, the disposable masks, they're not working. They want you to wear something that doesn't work, which means they want you to lie for their benefit. That's not loving your neighbor. If I were sitting on a plane next to someone and that person was in abject fear and did not have an N95 mask, and please, 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 I'm immunocompromised, please. I would probably, because I'm a nice guy, if I couldn't move seats, I'd do it. I don't expect you to do that. That's just my choice. I, I try not to be the confrontational person with someone who's irrationally scared of a virus they can't see. But a lot of these people aren't immunocompromised. They're morbidly obese with type 2 diabetes because of their lifestyle choices, and they've decided to declare themselves immunocompromised instead of getting their butts in shape. They're not immunocompromised. It's amazing the number of people who have suddenly decided, oh, I'm immunocompromised. No, you're not. You're fat. So am I. I get it. I'm exercising. I'm, I've had to change my diet, and it's miserable. But I'm having to do it, and you should too. Instead, you want your lifestyle choice to be validated and your expression of individuality by imposing your will on the rest of us. I'm not having any of that. We had COVID come through our show. You know, I don't know why. I have never had COVID, uh, and I know some of you say, well, maybe you were asymptomatic. No, I got tested. I, I never had COVID. Now, I've, I've had the the vaccine, the booster now, so a test wouldn't do good, but during the period where COVID was circulating, I really thought I got it because I was in California right when it broke out, and I got really, really, really sick. I, I missed a week of work. I was really sick, um, and I don't have the COVID antibodies. I just assumed that must have been early COVID. It was circulating in LA and I got it, not according to my blood work, but I've never gotten it. My wife got it three weeks ago. She actually said that the vaccine, the side effects from the vaccine, the second round of the vaccine were worse than COVID. She was in bed for a week in agony with the vaccine, major migraine and body aches. And with COVID, she was just out of energy for three or four days, has rebounded, thank God. She got the flu a couple of years ago, and we had to make multiple trips to the ER once by ambulance, um, and it was terrible. But you know, during flu season, during the the swine flu epidemic of 2011, we were not traveling with masks on. Uh, At this point, uh, we have enough immunity, either naturally or through the vaccine, so that COVID cases are mild. We can go back to living without a mask. These people who have internalized their fear, it's actually their fear defines them. And unless you embrace their fear, just like someone who's changed their pronouns, they don't believe you are validating them and they want to bully you and use the state to bully you. And you should, frankly, not wear your mask at this point unless it makes you feel safe. And you certainly shouldn't bully other people into wearing a mask, uh, particularly because it's not going to do any good and airplane filtration systems are so good. It doesn't matter. This rancid individuality we have running rampant in the United States right now, the only way to push back on it is to not play the game. Now, one thing that if you have rancid stuff in your house you should have is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because it eliminates odors, including the rancid odors, the tobacco odors, the pet odors. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is a very small, portable air purifier. It packs a wall up. You can plug one in with a USB cord. I can do it in a car. You can plug it directly into the wall. The thing works. It eliminates odors. It also is filterless. You don't have to keep buying filters. You just plug it in and away the odors go. You can get three of them right now for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. You put in my discount code, Eric3, E R I C K 3. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. That's a $200 savings. And you get free shipping. It really does work. You get one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, or your car. I keep one in my suitcase when I travel. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code, Eric, E R I C K 3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but don't let that deter you. Whether you're in Portland, Oregon, or Orlando, Florida, they can help you grow your business. If you need access to big loans, 750000 and up, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. They've been doing this since the early 90s. They know how to work with businesses and get a yes where banks say no. FirstLibertyGA.com. Y'all, this is a, a personal moment. I need to note. I started this hour with a lament that pig farmer Junior is disappearing back to the pig farm, and now I must end this hour with another lament. Do you know how hard it is to find a good barber? Mine has decided to leave me, and I'm I'm actually texting my buddy Jeremiah, who's got an appointment this afternoon. And, you know, duct tape solves so many problems in the South. We could potentially duct tape him to the barber chair so he can't leave. Um, I, I just, I, I got a note. Uh, I, I started going to a barber shop. The the owner's wife listens to my show. They're super people, the Commodore in, in Atlanta. They're really, they really are this an, an endorsement. They're just nice, good people. And I was at a barber. Of course, he had been a former youth pastor turned barber. Corey. And he left and he referred me to his friend Aaron there. And now Aaron, who is as good, if not better than Corey, largely because he doesn't have to jack up the chair so high because he's taller. (laughs) He's now leaving me to Greenville, South Carolina. So those of you listening in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, my barber Aaron is headed your way and he really is fantastic. Uh, unless I can figure out a way to duct tape him. Uh, otherwise I'm going to have to start using Ian at the shop. Uh, and I guess Ian will become my barber cause Aaron is leaving. Uh, Aaron does not listen to this show. He's working, he's cutting hair, but, uh, anyone who knows Aaron, uh, knows he's awesome and I'm going to miss him. And now we have to move on to other stuff. It's just, it's really dreadful today. I'm losing all of the, like people who keep me going in life. um, Charlie and and Philip better stay, uh, or else uh, there really will be hell to pay. When we come back, we got to talk about the border. Did you all know 21 terrorists tried to cross the American border from Mexico in 2021? Have you heard that from major news outlets? It's been confirmed now, and I've got the details.